you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello there and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you as always in association with OvertimeIreland.com. It's myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show once again here. And well, 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 we are into the regular season. We had week one last night, Thursday night football. Patriots taking on the Steelers. We're talking a lot more about that with today's guest coming up in just a little moment. Today I'm going to be joined by Matt Money-Smith of NFL Network and NFL.com and lots of other places, but he's been on the show many, many times before and really looking forward to talking all things NFL week one with him in just a little moment. As always, starting the show, uh, thank you for listening, thank you for downloading, and uh, of course, keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland. We've been getting more listeners each and every week as we get through the pre-season, through the off-season, and uh, more and more followers. We're almost at that 3,500 followers mark, I think, as I checked last night, I think maybe 10 people away from it. So let your friends know about Overtime Ireland, give us a tweet, give us a a shout-out on Twitter, and spread the word through social media. And of course, uh, let's get more people listening to the show. with Thursday Night Football kicking off the season last night, it also was the launch of OTI Fantasy Fives. And the first ever winner of the OTI Fantasy Five game was Colm O'Meillouge. He's at IrishJet on Twitter. Uh, he's been following over Tim Ireland for a long, long time. Always interacts with us on Twitter. And uh, he took the prize, uh, scooping it up. A phenomenal team he had set up. And, you know, if you had Gronk last night, if you had Antonio Brown... If you had Tom Brady, well done to you because you're well on the way to uh, a good score this week in fantasy football and possibly the victory, particularly if you had Gronk, who had a beast of a performance with those three touchdowns. Recording this Friday, and of course, many of you know I've mentioned on previous shows, uh, I'm heading to Australia this day next week. Next Friday, I'll be heading down under, so it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be back on Monday with a, a recap, Monday or Tuesday with a recap show week one, but the week two preview might have to be done on uh, Wednesday or Thursday next week to really look ahead to the week's action, because uh, next Friday I will be on course to Dubai. The The recap podcast for week two will be recorded in uh, Dubai. It's going to be an interesting experience, and then onwards to Melbourne for the for the next preview show. So it's going to be a fun few weeks here at Overtime Ireland trying to keep the schedule going, scheduling all the guests to come on the show, see the time differences. Hopefully we have no mix-ups and uh, hopefully the shows continue to be enjoyable for all the listeners there. But it's, it's going to be fun. And a lot of people are getting in touch from Australia. We have a good few Australian listeners, in fact, and uh, trying to get uh, some connections made with them to link up to watch a few games and have some fun watching American football. So looking forward to all that. I can hear the rain beating down on the window here in the in the room as I record. So uh, looking forward to maybe some sunshine and better weather as well when I get down get down under, as they say. And uh, looking forward to it. But you know what I'm really looking forward to is week one. And uh, with week one kicking off, Sunday is going to be a lot of fun, fantasy football-wise, betting-wise, everything-wise. And to talk with me today on all that is Matt Money-Smith. So let's get him on the show right now and start previewing week one. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. Once again, back on the show, it's Matt Money-Smith. Uh, we've had him on a number of times uh, so far since Overtime Ireland has begun here. And it's always great having him on, great insight into the game. And, you know, a lot of people here listening to our podcast also listen to the Around the League podcast, or now the Around the NFL podcast on NFL.com. And... Um, Let's not bury the lead here. Uh, the the man that everyone goes to listen to there is, of course, the the money tags. We start the show, Matt, with the the perfect voice. Uh, even on today's show, I heard them talking about uh, how good the voice is, and said your voice is going to Canton, Ohio, uh, as a voice in the Hall of Fame. So uh, it's great to have you on. It's great to have your voice on as well, Matt. 
Well, I, uh, I guess I, I appreciate that. I appreciate them. And uh, I do love doing the money tags, really, not because I, I enjoy those guys. and It's a great podcast. But there is something special about that, um, that host-slash-listener bond and the fact that it is the, the listeners of the Around the NFL podcast that come up with all the tags makes it all the more fun that's for sure yeah it's amazing how it's really taken off as well and uh, obviously you have a lot of fun doing it and it's always fun sometimes you get a good chuckle at the start of the show uh, some of them are, are really really funny but of course uh, nfl week one here we have one game in the books that the new england patriots winning last night on thursday night football opening the season of course tom brady playing in that one the patriots and the steelers both moving the ball quite well on offense but you have to be glad to have the the, the football back and of course your thoughts on the game it was uh both teams defensively looking suspect as of yet? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the one thing that, that certainly stands out to me, and it's because, uh, you know, at the NFL Network, along with the, the college football and in the draft and everything I do for them, I, I host that fantasy show. And yeah. all the talk about is Gronk, a first-rounder, to see him dominate the Steelers in the manner in which he did. And, look, we know that that Steelers defense is a mess. They have no pass rush. They have no secondary, but I really thought that those athletic linebackers might be able to deal with Gronk a little bit, and holy cow, was I wrong. Yeah, they, they really didn't step up. They, I thought, you know, they, at times they had two men covering them, but, you know, there was no physicality there to try and stop, and we all know how good blocking-wise in the run game Gronk is, and if a, you know, if a DB comes up to try and maybe a linebacker as well, just a, doesn't even really get their hands on them, they absolutely stand no chance that the second touchdown in particular steps out in mind there. Chandler got a nice touchdown as well, so it was really tight end bound, and, you know, a lot of mistakes in the in the secondary by the Steelers. Uh, the first touchdown to Gronk springs to mind, only 11 players in the field for that. That had to be tough watching for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans out there, and, you know, in general, I thought the Patriots would win, I thought it would be a higher, I thought it would be a higher scoring game. I thought it would be all through the air. I was surprised how well D'Angelo Williams looked for the, the Steelers, although they'll be glad to get Le'Veon Bell back in week three for for the rest of the season. But he looked quite good. Dion Lewis looked quite good in the passing game uh, out of the backfield for the Patriots. But you mentioned there, obviously, Gronk doing what everyone expects him to do. An absolutely great game from him. He also recovered a fumble by Lewis in the, in the red zone right on the goal line. So three touchdowns for him. Antonio, Antonio Brown looking superb again. I think it was his 33rd game in a row with five or more receptions and uh, I think it's 50 yards. So he's had a, a real, real run at good form. Both definite first-rounders and then Edelman doing what he usually does, moving the chains for them. But I thought overall... Uh, both teams on offense looked decent enough. Uh, Scobie had a night to forget uh, at the kicking position, and the game could have been a lot closer for the Steelers. But you know, going up into Foxborough with what had gone on with Deflategate, thankfully it's in the back window with Tom Brady playing with them. You know, unveiling the banner, coming out with the Super Bowl uh, trophies before the game, the crowd really riled up. It was always always going to be tough for the the Steelers in this one, and the, and the Patriots picking up the win. Moving on to the rest of the games, and of course. You, you host uh, the NFL fantasy shows quite regularly for NFL.com and NFL Network. You're heading in there now as we speak, pulling back the curtain, traveling in, in the car to uh, to the studio. So we're going to run through the rest of the games, and of course we'll be grateful of your fantasy input into it. Uh, we'll be getting your thoughts on who might win the games as well. But we're going to start off with a game where you know the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, and maybe it's a biased opinion, I'm a Packers fan, but I think most people are in unanimous decision, Aaron Rodgers probably the best quarterback in, in the league at the moment and uh, they're playing the, the Bears heading down to Chicago playing in Soldier Field and it's going to be an interesting game because you know the Bears have had their issues with injuries uh, Kevin White can't play he's out uh, for the, the season and then we have players like Alshon Jeffrey who still aren't training fully we have Randall Cobb who's 
you know, still that doubt after hurting his uh, shoulder there two weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordy Nelson out for the season. James Jones signing for the Packers. Uh, what is going on with the wide receiving core? And then you have, there's a lot of fantasy elements in this. Um, the Bears maybe not as much as in past years, but uh, a big game here for the Packers and the Bears. Obviously, better rivals. It's going to be it's going to be a tough win, one to win on the road. Yeah, the sad thing, you know, for this rivalry is it has been so, you know, we had that one little window when obviously they played in the NFC Championship game, and that was great. But this is the NFL's most historic rivalry. I mean, it is. these are basically the two markets that started professional football. Uh, The Packers and the Decatur Staley's, the little suburb north of Chicago, uh, when they got it going before they became the Chicago Bears. So I, I I love this game. And I love that Aaron Rodgers doesn't run from that. So many quarterbacks will, you know, because they are the mouthpiece of the team, will say, it's just another game. It's just a, he loves yeah. crushing the Bears. Well, he, I mean, he, he has really crushed am- them. Yeah, I mean, he has done it his whole career. He says he intends to do it <laughs> for the rest of his career. <laughs> it's great, and that's what a rivalry should be. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with embracing that welcoming that and celebrating NFL history. And, and I'm with you. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Yes, Andrew Luck is closing in, and he's closing in fast. But it is still Aaron Rodgers' crown to wear. It'll be interesting. Now I'm just projecting way forward. If Andrew Luck and the Colts manage to go to the Super Bowl and, and win it this year, I'll be interested to see if that changes. If, if more people acknowledge that Andrew Luck is now the best quarterback in the league over Aaron Rodgers. But what Aaron will do you know, and, and it's what Tom Brady did last night. Three new offensive linemen, you know, wide receivers, Dobson, Scott Chandler, you know, picked up on yeah. the scrap. He, he doesn't care who he's throwing to. And Aaron Rodgers the same way. You know, now, granted, Jordy Nelson is an awesome receiver. I mean, fast, runs perfect routes, soft hand. But I would be extremely surprised if Aaron Rodgers had a major drop-off with Devontae Adams and James Jones and, and Rogers the tight end, Eddie Lacy can catch balls out of the backfield. I expect him to post another typical Aaron Rodgers versus Chicago Bears game, 300 yards plus, three touchdowns, fantasy gold for everybody. And I'd start James Jones. As long as James Jones is going to be in that lineup and, and probably start, he's touched. I mean, Aaron Rodgers loves him in yeah. the red zone, and I would absolutely have him in my lineup. He's running. I, I suspect Cam's going to run a lot this year. Um, I know they want to try to protect him a little bit more, but unlike – Robert Griffin III, you know, who's built like a sprinter. Cam's built like a defensive end, and he can afford to get out there a little bit more and just make sure he's smart about the hits that he's taken. So um, I'm I'm not that down on Carolina. A lot of people are, but I'm not. I like that defensive front, you know, and I love Luke Keekley. So the secondary is still questionable, but but the front seven I'm comfortable with. Uh, And I, I would expect, you know, I would expect them to be able to figure it out. Yeah, you mentioned Keekley there as well. He there was it was kind of a a very big contract week this week with him also signing a five year sixty two million dollar contract for him and they signed Cam as you mentioned there in the off season. So they've really started to lock down some of the you know they have a few really talented players and they are locking them down long term. Um, the next game up and it's going to be a defensive struggle and you know I think it's going to be the probably the most physical match of the week. I would imagine it's the Seattle Seahawks heading to face the the St Louis Rams. The Seahawks obviously without Cam Chancellor is still holding out at the moment and. Uh, 
it's going to be a very very physical game a very very tough game we talked earlier as well about offensive line versus defensive line we all know the the rams are stacked at defensive line uh, and then the seahawks have had their offensive issues they've traded away max unger to the to the new orleans saints so it's going to be a, a very very interesting matchup again to watch there but uh, I think the, the Seahawks probably just edge it. It's a division game. The Seahawks have struggled from time to time on the road. So there could be a surprise in the cards, but they did lose this game last season. And I think they're, uh, gonna be, the Seahawks will be really, really up for this one. I think they'll, they'll get over the line as well after losing the Super Bowl in such dramatic circumstances. Yeah, if you're watching the game, I would just tell you, you know, I'll give you one name, Aaron Donald. The, the rookie, defensive rookie of the year last year, yeah. who's on the interior of that line, he is... Look, I, I appreciate Chris Long and Robert Quinn and Michael Brockers. He's the best player on that line. It, it, and it, and it's, to me, it's not even close. When you watch how disruptive he is and the fact that he slid to them um, and and good on, you know, that front office to to recognize that, you know, to have Les Snead and Jeff Fisher to recognize, hey, I know we're stacked, but this guy is way too good to pass up. And, and unfortunately, it took him a little too long last year to put him in – the lineup full time. He was rotating a little too much. But like you said, that Seattle offensive line is banged up and it's not what it once was with the trade of Unger. So Donald's probably going to be damn disruptive in that game. And I'll be anxious to see whether or not the Rams have enough offense um, to, to deal with, again, of course, a, a Seattle defense that it's almost impossible to score on. So like you said, it'll be low scoring. I won't be surprised at all if the Rams win. I don't know how the, the win and loss thing comes out, but that's the one matchup I'll be excited to watch is, is Aaron Donald on the inside and if he can pick up where he left off late last season. Yeah, and there's a lot of unknowns in this game as well. I mentioned Cam Chancellor being out. We didn't even mention uh, Jimmy Graham. We didn't mention Nick Foles is now starting for the St. Louis Rams. So there's a lot of stuff going on there that you know uh, will make this game very, very interesting. But I think the, the Seahawks just nab it in the end. Running through a couple of games now quickly with the Arizona Cardinals facing the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it's going to be another interesting game. The Saints last year had their struggles up and down. They had their worst uh, losing record in a season uh, at one stage last year, losing stretch rather. But um, a lot of people kind of a little bit more down on the Cardinals this year because they finished so poorly last year. But they had a, a very good season up until the halfway point until Carson Palmer went down. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm not a big fan of the, the Saints defense. And, uh, you know, there's question marks around the defense now of the, the Cardinals with Todd Bowles leaving his post to go and be the head coach of the Jets. So it's going to be a very fascinating game again. There's a couple of games this week that I really don't know which way they're going to go, and this is another one of them. Yeah, you know, the, the Cardinals are so hard, you know, because you, you look on paper and defensively last year they lost everyone, and it just didn't matter. Todd Bowles had that unit coming, and it, it didn't make a difference who went down, who was in the lineup. And it's no different this year. You know, when you look at that defense, you're like, okay, it's Drew Brees. And obviously the secondary is great, and, and Patrick Peterson's awesome, and that's, that's fine. But I just don't know how they do it. That's, that's my thing. The offensive line is a bit of a mess. You know, Carson Palmer's got to stay healthy. He's not mobile, so you got to mm-hmm. protect him. And He's 35 years old. Time to deliver that ball. Yeah, so, you know, Andre Ellington, it's, as much as I like him, not really a between-the-tackles banger. You know, at least you can't do that a lot. They never found a legitimate second back for him, you know, to try to get that sort of one-two punch going. So it's But, but Arians is so good that somehow they win 10 games or 11 <laughs> games, and it really is in, in that division. And a division with the Seahawks and the Rams, and even last year, you know, the 49ers fell apart. But like that, it's, it's, it's 
inexplicable. It is very hard to, to try to reconcile how they win that many games, especially last year with the quarterback issue. So I'm, I'm done doubting them. I've always been a Saints fan just because I, you know, I know he's not a very likable person, but I appreciate Sean Payton's yeah. offensive mind. And when you have Drew Brees and Sean Payton, I don't care that Jimmy Graham's gone. Brandon Cooks is going to have a monster season if he stays healthy. He was on pace to have one last year before he got hurt. Um, and, and I love that they committed to the run with Mark Ingram. So, you know, I, I won't be surprised if that team bounces back, wins the South, gets a home playoff game, and manages to find itself, you know, into the divisional round. Yeah, they're always very strong at home. I mentioned last year they had that tough run. There's a couple of players in this game that could be fantasy stars this season. A lot of people talking about them. You mentioned Branton Cooks. I'm expecting big things from him. He looks fantastic in the, the preseason. And obviously John Brown as well at the, the Arizona Cardinals. So it's going to be a good game to watch. It could be explosive offensive plays with Carson Palmer's arm trying to go deep from time to time. And it could end up in high scoring. But it's going to be a close game, I think. And uh, I think I'm just going to give this one to the Saints as well. I think they'll improve a little bit this season. and might be a different formula they use, but I think they will be better this year the next game up is the San Diego Chargers facing off against the Detroit Lions and I don't know if you're all aboard the hype train but there's a lot of hype going around for Amir Abdullah but a running back in this game that I'm interested to see playing and he's back from injury and I think he could be a very good uh, under the radar player this year Danny Woodhead I think the Chargers again in this one against you know after losing in Dominic and Sue I do think the Detroit Lions defense will still be good this year but I don't think you can underestimate uh, losing him in the middle of the defense there and I think that the Chargers are going to be quite good this season again Philip Rivers uh, nice season last year I think the Chargers come out on top here this is a tough one this could be a great game um, I like the Chargers I really do and maybe it's because of the proximity and I was down at training camp a little <laughs> while with them and I just I, I appreciate how much better they've gotten on defense you know incrementally drafting the way they've drafted I love Barrett I love Melvin Ingram and he looks great I mean he looks a lot thinner, a lot more athletic, and that's what John Pagano wanted him to be, is is a little, you know, less of a, you know, stout, run-stopping linebacker and more of a pin-your-ears-back-and-go-attack kind of guy. And that's what I expect him to do uh, this year. They still have Corey Legion there on the, on the defensive line to anchor that. So I'm, I'm fine with the Chargers' defense. I'm anxious to see if Stevie Johnson can replace Eddie Royal. I think he can. That could be a nice little fantasy sleeper for you. And Melvin Gordon's got to pick it up. You know, he's got to figure this offense out. He certainly struggled with trying to pick it up in the preseason. Um, they don't have a good offensive line, and that will be their own. That will be their downfall. If it doesn't come together, it's because that offensive line is too much of a mess. Um, they've been shuffling it around all preseason, and when you got to go up against, even though Adamikin Sue isn't there, that defensive line is still pretty darn good in Detroit. So we'll get a we'll get a real quick assessment of how bad. Or, okay, that Chargers uh, point five is, is going to be. As far as Abdullah and what you said, I'm a fan. I loved watching him run at Nebraska. Because he's small, he's diminutive, a lot of people gave him the tag of, oh, third down back, he won't last now. He is, you know, kind of like the Maurice Jones drew. He's so thick and he's so determined uh, in between the tackles. It's the whole real pass. Doesn't have as much of a top end gear as you'd like, um, but he'll ascend. He'll ascend to that. I'm getting the majority of the carries in this offense position by midseason. Um, if if his talent that I saw in Nebraska proves to to carry over here to the NFL, 
Yeah, and of course, uh, we all know how explosive Sam Bradford's link up with uh, Calvin Johnson can be. We didn't talk about Golden Tate. Eric Ebron could take a step forward this year. So there's a lot of question marks going into week one. We don't really have all the answers to, but as the season goes on, it's going to be fun to see how some of these players develop. Players like Abdullah, and it's going to be interesting. And two players up next, it's going to be fun to see how they develop. And one that has looked quite interesting so far this preseason is Marcus Mariota. I think if you're looking at who was better in preseason, I think I'm definitely going to go on the Mariota bandwagon here. But Jameis Winston, uh, obviously... Uh, with Mike Evans not being able to train the last few weeks he's missed the last two days of training uh, his hamstring giving him a lot of issues so it'll be interesting I'm sure he'll play this week but it's definitely going to be a game time decision I think you know fantasy football wise you want a player that's going to last definitely the whole game and with what he does with speed trying to get down the sideline uh, I think the hamstring is worrisome there for him going into week one the Titans as well it's hard to know what they're going to be this season but uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year between these two teams they'll probably both be down near them bottom five six teams again in the league but I think uh, you know a lot of people hyping up the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I'm just going to roll this one towards the uh, Tennessee Titans with a narrow win I like Delaney Walker Uh, I think their wide receiver cores are all questionable I do like uh, Doriel Green Beckham as well and I think it's going to be I think they'll just have enough to just edge this one. And Bishop Sankey got absolutely railroaded for his performance last year, but I think now he's become too much of a punchline, and I think we'll see him uh, have a nice game this week as well to surprise a lot of people. You know, I love Levante David um, Mm. for the Buccaneers, and and he's, you know, kind of like an outside shot, defensive player of the year kind of guy. Obviously, he won't get it, but, you know, he's he's that good. Um, so I, I, I'm waiting for Lovey's defense to kick in. I, I think last year Gerald McCoy, so much was expected. You yeah. had teams, you had, you had you know pundits picking them to win the division, you know, and they end up with the worst record in the league. So I, I do believe in Lovey. I think he can coordinate the heck out of a defense, and I, I expect that defense to be better, especially since it's anchored by Gerald McCoy, you know, right there in the middle. And I'll tell you right now, you want to watch somebody, check out rookie Quan Alexander. Alexander, even though he was drafted in the fourth round, this is like potential defensive rookie of the year level talent if you watched any of the preseason. So I'll be watching him. Um, as far as the Titans go, you know, who knows? I, I really don't even know. Clearly, clearly yeah. they're not happy with Sankey because they drafted Cobb. They traded for Terrence West. So we know that they're not comfortable with Sankey as their running back or they wouldn't be making all these moves to try to shore that part of it up. And I, and I also think part of it, it's because they want to try to give Mariota something similar to what they had at Oregon, you know, and, and run that mesh and see if they can do what, you know, the Redskins did, what Kyle Shanahan did in 2012 with, with Robert Griffin. Um, and, and unlike Griffin, Mariota's a big guy. You know, now you don't want him taking shots. He's not big like Cam Newton big, but he's tall. He's pretty thick. Um, so they, they will, they'll be comfortable letting him run a lot. You mentioned Doyle Green Beckham. Mm. You know, I think Kendall Wright is consistently overlooked again because he's not one of these six foot three 215 pound receivers he's smaller but man is he good and and it seemed like the two of them had a little something going in the preseason so i'll be anxious to see if that materializes on sunday and next up the the Bengals, obviously a stacked roster as well um always questions around the quarterback position but 
uh, I think it's going to be interesting this week when they face off against the Raiders. A lot of people are saying, like, looking as this here is just going to be a walk in the park for the Bengals. I don't think the, the Raiders are going to go down without a fight. I've been extremely impressed with Khalil Mack since he's come into the league. He looks like he's really ready to go in his second year in preseason. I'm not as big a fan of Derek Carr as a lot of people, but I think just with the pieces of Mari Cooper's come in there, I'm interested to see how Latavius Murray does this year because he only got a short run at the se- end of the season last year. It didn't seem like the coaches were set on him only for injuries and what a what a mess they had a quarterback or a running back position up until that point. But I think uh, the Bengals will get over the line in this one. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than people yeah. expect, and uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one to see. Yeah, same with you know the, the same with the Raiders that I've said for a lot of these teams, offensive line. Yeah. You know, oh, can they get that offensive line to protect Derek Carr? Uh, not coming out of Fresno State, you know, he ran a bit of a spread, just a quick strike, let the receivers and the backs do the dirty work for you style of offense. So if they can put that together um, and do that for Carr, he's very good. You know, he's very good at distributing the ball. He has got a monster arm, and Amari Cooper is as polished a route runner as I've ever seen coming out of college. I mean, right. that guy is. He's a pro. You know, I mean, he's just a pro with the manner in which he plays the receiver position. So that's going to be a big boom for him as well. And like you said, Latavius Murray, you know, the offensive line doesn't have to be as great as you need them to be if you have a legitimate running game. And there's a lot of people excited about Murray. For the Bengals, you know, I think they're leaning more and more toward, you know, what Hugh Jackson wants. And that's giving Jeremy Hill the ball 20 times a game, running play action and throwing deep to, to A.J. Green occasionally as opposed to, you know, Jay Gruden having Andy Dalton throw the ball 30 times and spreading it out to, to four different receivers. So, and Jeremy Hill's talented enough to do that. So that'll that'll certainly be something to, to, to watch. And you're right. Khalil Mack could win Defensive Player of the Year in his second season, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, I, you, you watch him, and, man, it just jumps off the screen. Yeah. Uh, that clearly was uh, a great pick by them. They were so fortunate to have him slip uh, to where they were picking there at four. They did not think they were five, I think it was. They didn't think they were going to get their hands on him. But when Jacksonville took Borles, you know, he, he dropped right into their laps. And, and good on Reggie McKenzie for recognizing it and, and snatching him up. Because, man, he's something special. Yeah, and we, usually a lot of people were focused on offensive plays and who's going to put up the biggest numbers. And we've talked a good few times in this show now. You mentioned Aaron Donald, we've mentioned him. There's a lot of second-year players in the league at the moment and third-year players that defensively just are extremely, extremely talented. And it's going to be really fun to watch them on that side of the ball this year too. Offensive line worries and a place where that is appropriate is up in Denver with the Denver Broncos. I think their offensive line is going to take a little bit of time to get settled if it does. And a man, we talked about non-mobile quarterbacks and Carson Palmer, a man probably the least mobile in the entire league and that's Peyton Manning question marks with his finish last season question marks then with his start this preseason uh, do you have legitimate concerns as to how effective Manning's going to be this season and uh, how do you think they're going to do this week against the uh, Baltimore Ravens who I'd say to Steve Smith look a little bit bare uh, at the receiving court at the moment yeah I, I, if you watch the preseason you've got to be concerned yeah, about okay. Peyton Manning I mean it was bad this just to forget the stats the throws were bad. I mean, there was no zip. He's got guys wide open in the end zone. You know, Brian Baldinger was up at NFL Network the other day. We were talking about it, and, I mean, he was just dumbfounded. He's like, I'm looking for back corner fades, and this guy's throwing, you know, five yards yeah. under throwing his receivers, and it's getting picked off, and wide open guys can seem that he's missing. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's unhappy that he's got to learn a new system, and his entire career he's been able to run and coordinate his own offense really and Kubiak is not letting him do that. So I, 
I don't know. You know, I, I think we're foolish to doubt Peyton Manning. He's only done it for 19 years as a single <laughs> career. So to think there's going to be this precipitous fall and all of a sudden at 39, he's just going to be junk. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to go there. But, yeah, there's, there's definitely some concern. And, you know, I, I think the concern's legitimate because there were rumors out there, and, and I heard them from a really good source, that they were comfortable trying to move him. Uh, and just giving the keys to Osweiler and, and getting this thing going with him because he's more of a Gary Kubiak, you know, look, think of Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah Joe Flacco. That's yeah. kind of what Osweiler is, you know. He's just a, he's that guy's six foot seven with just a cannon for an arm. And that's kind of when you think of Flacco, you know, very similar. And, and I'm not surprised that, that Kubiak is, is enthralled to try to get him in there. And you can see, you know, I'm not trying to play amateur psychologist here, but you could just see the body language in the preseason when Osweiler got in there, and he's throwing that ball deep. Kubiak's really beating it and yeah. getting excited about watching what he envisions his offense could look like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that there's going to be struggles. I think the, the Broncos' defense is going to be very, very good this year. I think they, they could lead the league in sacks between all the, their front uh, front yeah. seven there. But I think the, the Ravens here, just with their issues at wide receiver, I think Smith will still do good. I think it's just going to be a little bit too much for them in this game. I think the Broncos will win at home. And, uh, you know, it's it's not really actually a game that I'm looking forward to, but I am interested to see as to how Peyton Manning does in this game, uh, just to see... You know, Kenneth, we will know in a week or two if uh, there's a good chance that it is all said and done for, for Peyton Manning, but it's it's going to be an interesting game. A man who got a lot, a lot of money this week, and we were talking about the contracts, Eli Manning is, well, he's actually hasn't got it yet. He's finalising the contract, rumoured to be $84 million over four years, $65 million expected to be the guarantees. And I think he could be going in to, to celebrate this weekend down in Dallas. He's uh, Sunday night football this week. He's had, he's had quite a good record against the Cowboys in recent years. You'll mind that this was the, the contest last year with the uh, Odell Beckham's spectacular catch really launched him onto the scene. But I think uh, you know the, the, the Cowboys actually went on to win that game. But I think in this one, it's going to be, it's going to be close. Both defenses are going to be poor this year, I do expect. And uh, I think that we'll see a, a very high-powered offensive game. But again, the offensive line is a question mark for the, for the New York Giants, not so for the Cowboys who... Have arguably the best offensive line in the league, but I think we might see the Cowboys sneak this one. Uh, are you excited to see Odell Beckham Jr. back on the field again here? Well, you know, without Orlando Skandrick, it'll be interesting to see how that secondary can slow down Eli. Uh, you know, they have offensive line issues here. I go again, right? The offensive line issues. You know, they've been shuffling that offensive line all preseason. Yeah. The big issue with the Giants, they've got questions at all three levels of their defense. Obviously, with Jason Pierre Hall and the missing digit and that issue there. Linebacking issues, secondary issues. That is not an offense, the Cowboys offense, that you want to go into as a defense with all those question marks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, as, as you said, you know, between Eli and Odell Beckham, and if Pitt. Mr. Cruz is, is healthy, and, and Larry Ganell, who's proven to be a capable tight end here every now and then, I mean, th- that could be a 45 38 game, and I won't be surprised. Yeah, in one bit. The one player I am anxious to watch, believe it or not, of, of all the, you know, the, the splash of Odell Beckham, Dead Bryant's probably the most fun player to watch in the NFL right now. I want to see Shane Vereen, right. you know, in, in this, you know, in this McAdoo offense. Yeah, short and, passes. You know, the, the, exactly. Short passes, completions, 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 and he has some wiggle to him in the open field. I'm anxious to see if, if Eli and, and Shane have kind of this special sort of rapport with one another. 
very similar to like a Drew Brees, Darren Sproles, where you're looking at these just short wheel routes and, and drop offs on the flat smoke routes, and he just kind of gets loose with it. Uh, obviously, from a fantasy perspective, especially in like a PPR league, I think Vereen can end up being something, you know, something of a sleeper here this year. Yeah, and I'm interested as well, a player that a lot of people thought over the last couple of years could have a big year, uh, Ruben Randall. It hasn't really delivered. He has got some scores in the end zone, but I think maybe this here year could be that he steps forward because I'm still very, very worried about Cruz's uh, you know, season-long yeah. season long health, so it's going to be interesting there. Not much talk about him. Two games left to, to hit here, both on Monday, and we have the Eagles going up against the Falcons. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Falcons' defense improves this year. The Eagles' defense is... Uh, hard to know which way it's going to swing and I think it'll be a high scoring game Julio Jones I'm expecting a monster monster year from him he's after signing his contract uh, obviously we know how explosive that the, the Eagles can be Sam Bradford coming in there how good will he do how will the two new running backs do there DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews it's going to be very very interesting to see this game unfold and I think the uh, the Eagles will get the job done because I just think when you're looking at the options that they just have far more scoring options than the the Falcons do at the moment I think it'll be the Julio Jones show for the Falcons and I think there'll be a mixture spreading it around to the, the Eagles I think the Eagles won this and uh, Chip Kelly gets another win uh, I, I don't know if there's a player I'm more excited to watch in League One than Sam Bradford um, yes, he looked so good in the preseason like this was the offense built for and it, and it kind of is you know I mean for for what should you think about, you know, what Sam had um, with DeMarco at Oklahoma, downhill running and just quick spread out your receivers, five wide, empty sets, and bing, bang, just go, go, go. That's what Oklahoma is. I think people, you know, think about DeMarco Murray and, and Adrian Peterson, and they imagine maybe this pro-style high formation. No, it's, it's a power run game with a spread pass, and that's exactly what Chip wants in – you know, a majority of a running offense is what Chip wants. He wants to run downhill, but then he's got to kill you with tempo and, and spreading the ball out to six and seven receivers. And he needed a trigger man like Sam Bradford to do that. And I understand why he rolled the dice. Um, you know, he's not going to give him an extension. If it works and Sam can stay healthy, then great. If it doesn't, okay, we'll, we'll try it again next year. But uh, Sam looks so good, and I'm, I'm looking for I really am. I'm, I don't know if I've ever really rooted for a team in the last five years, but I'm kind of rooting for the Eagles. I want to. I want to see Chip get this thing right and kind of put the NFL on its head. Yeah, I so think, it. I think they will be a fun watch. Yeah, I think they won this division uh, this season. I think they're going to be really, really explosive. You know, they have. There's not one real star. There is stars in this team, but it's going to be spread around. And the, you know, if one player goes down, Chip Kelly thinks that he can just replace them. He's got rid of nearly all of his team from when he came in. And he's taken in a whole new team, so he's really just turned the whole thing in his head and if it if it works there'll be a lot more teams that are trying to follow suit and uh, I think that as I mentioned I think the Eagles win this one I think it's going to be an exciting game on Monday uh, I'm a Packers fan but uh, one thing I'm not really ashamed to admit is uh, I'm all aboard the, the Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon here I think he's had, had a nice season last year and I think he's going to have a phenomenal season this year I own him and in multiple dynasty leagues I think he's going to be a star in the league for years to come they've Adrian Peterson back the San Francisco 49ers have been a mess this offseason everything's just really gone against them but you know a lot. Sometimes you see the resiliency of a team that they'll really put in the effort. Maybe in the, this week anyway to, to try and really spring an upset. Obviously, every team wants to win, but I think there's going to be a real focus here from the 49ers. I think it'll be kept closer. It's Monday night football. I think 
the, the Vikings on the road will be a little bit more conservative running with Peterson, but uh, I do think the, the Vikings will win here in San Francisco because just the issues they've had uh, have been well documented. And I think, you know, the 49ers last season had a down season and a really poor record at home. I think the Levi Stadium mightn't be turning into the fortress that they hoped. You know, I, I look at the Vikings and I get excited. I'm with you. I mean, I, I think you, you have Anthony Barr. I love Eric Kendricks. He's going to ascend to that starting spot, a linebacking core. Love Harrison Smith in the secondary. You know, Xavier Rhodes question. You know, we'll see if Trey Waynes can get it sorted out here. But that, that team is as compelling and intriguing, you know, with potential as any in the league. Because Teddy Bridgewater is one of the best deep ball throwers. And let me tell you this. If you, uh, if you want, if you want a sleeper, Mike Wallace would be the guy I would point to. Because Bridgewater throws an awesome deep ball. Yeah. Mike Wallace is one of the fastest players in the league. And, I, and with Adrian Peterson in play action, that could end up being a devastating combination um, fantasy-wise between you know those two guys. And you look at look at Mike Wallace last year. Everybody's kind of talking, oh, what a bust of a signing. Guy had 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and now he's, he's getting with what I think is one of the better deep ball throwers in the league and, and with a running back who's, you know, going to be going to force teams to put eight men in the box routinely. So... That's that's to me is like fantasy sleeper gold. Yeah. Uh, Wallace and the Vikings. Yeah, and when you when you look at the quarterback he had last year, Ryan Tannehill, people often say that that is the real one weakness of his game is the deep ball. So uh, I I don't know why there's so much down you know on Mike Wallace this year. They also have Charles Johnson. I think it's going to be a fun offense to watch this year. Kyle Rudolph as well looks to be healthy again. But uh, Matt, it's always amazing having you on the show. We've run through all the games there. Hopefully the the listeners have enjoyed that. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people on the show, a lot of nice people to give them their time to, to talk to us, but uh, I probably have to say you're probably at the top of that list uh, for fun guys to talk football with and a genuinely nice guy. So it's been a lot of fun today running through all the games with you, and uh, hopefully we'll do it later on in, in the season again. But you're off to NFL Network now for a day's work after having a, a football chat. Hopefully uh, you, you enjoy your day, and uh, thanks again, as always, for talking to us. You got it, Tom. I'll tell you, I, I appreciate it because uh, I'm still stuck in traffic. I live 24 <laughs> miles from NFL Network, uh, and from the point we started this conversation until now, I'm still about 15 minutes away to put that in perspective, how bad traffic is in Los Angeles <laughs> on a Friday morning during rush hour. So thank you for entertaining me on my, um, well, wretched drive into work. You're listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Thanks as always to Matt for coming on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Money Smith. You, you can really find out all the stuff he's got going on there. You can watch him on the NFL Network. He mentioned he's heading into the studio. His traffic seems to, to be quite, quite uh, bad and <laughs> doesn't look to be too enjoyable. But thankfully, he came on the show. We always talk to him. He usually does it around this time when he's heading into work. So it, it's, it's always fun to talk to him. Genuinely uh, one of the nicest guys uh, ever to come on this show and uh, really gracious with his time and always a lot of fun to talk to. So uh, thanks as always to him and give him a follow on Twitter really um, with that there uh, the show we've really previewed all the action gone through some of the contract news at the time talked about some of the players so really hopefully uh, you're ready for week one now you can tell your friends some of the, the information that you uh, got and gained on this show today but uh, it was a really fun show I'm looking forward to coming back for the recap show early next week possibly Tuesday maybe Monday so um, that's going to be a fun one and then as you know I'm, I'm, I'm going now actually to start packing some of my bags as I try and get ready to, to head on to Australia so that's going to be 
a fun show too. Maybe we'll change it to uh, OTI Australia. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the podcast. Hopefully, we don't get any copyright issues down there. But it's a, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun experience. And uh, keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland. Let's get that up over the three and a half thousand follower mark on Twitter. I mentioned OTI Fantasy Fives. It will be back next week again. If you want to find out more information, head up OvertimeIreland.com and go to the Fantasy Fives link there. But until I'm back next week with that recap show, I hope you really enjoy this week. We've all been waiting a lot long long time for nfl week one hopefully you will enjoy it i'm really certainly going to enjoy it have a couple of beers watch the packers take on the bears hopefully crush the bears sorry any bears fans out there listening but go pack go a lot of a lot of talk this offseason as well about how players are going to develop fantasy football wise how they're going to develop real life wise how things are going to work out now's the time when we really get to see what happens all the talk all the all the uh, guesswork really now we get to see what happens on the field so until i'm back next week of course i'm colin kelly and have a good one Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.